Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome back to the Retro Smackdown series here on Rogue Opinions. I am Jimmy Baxter, and today we have a special UK edition pay-per-view where we're going to be looking at Arth Rebellion, a.k.a. Rebellion 1999, live from Birmingham, England. And today, as always, I am being joined by Scott McLeod. Scott, how are you, buddy? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, despite the fact that we had to watch Rebellion 99, I'm sure that everything yeah. is going swimmingly. Yeah, life is life is good at the moment now that I'm I'm not watching Rebellion. And once we do the show, I will hopefully never have to talk about Rebellion ever again. Well, we'll, we'll have to go back to it for the, uh, you know, 30, 35th anniversary of the uh, pay-per-view. Because, I mean, what a momentous occasion. But we are not alone today here in the Rebellion Motor Lodge in uh, Manchester, England, where... I've been flown out to against my will. Um, <laughs> we, we normally stay in the SmackDown Hotel. Um, but also joining us today is Mr. Raul Asnani. Thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you had to sit through the UK-only uh, edition of uh, Rebellion here from 1999. Uh, is this the first time you've gone back and uh, watched the 20-year-old... Uh, wwf product or have you delved back into it before uh i have never seen this era of wrestling before i think i used to follow these people because i had those trading cards so i used to love people like crash holly and stuff even though i'd never seen them wrestle uh but yeah i think those faces were like cool to watch wrestle uh, and find out that they're actually fucking shit uh but <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it was an experience. I had fun watching the show because I I tried I tried writing notes and then like I realized that I've written what the fuck is going on like, at least five times already. So, I was like, oh, okay, sure. interesting show. I'm sure Scott and I can answer any questions that you're going to have, especially Scott who also watches the Raws. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah. We have a lot. We have a lot of explaining to do for for Raul's benefit. He'll have. 50 per- no, sorry, 60, I think, percent of the show is going to be explaining what the fuck's going on and only, like, 40% mm-hmm. is actually talking about what happened on the show. I mean, they yeah. tried to give uh, people uh, benefit for their money, but uh, holy shit, there was, like, nine shit shows and one pretty decent match, which we'll get into. Um, so what do you guys think? You guys want to just uh, jump straight into uh, Rebellion 1999? Yeah. Uh no, actually, I have a question before we get into wrestling, actually. Uh, do any of you plan on watching Ed Chapter 2? Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, did you did you two like the first part? Because, again, it's a very polarizing movie. Um, I actually haven't, haven't seen the first part yet, but I saw the trailer for the second one, so I'm going to go back and watch the first one before I uh, watch the second one. Just because, yeah. like... The cast is insane for Chapter 2. Like, it would be stupid not Fuck to watch yeah. it. 100%. The cast is amazing. And you need to watch the first one, because if you don't watch the first one, then the second one isn't going to make sense at all. Oh, you uh, mean you mean a movie subtitled Chapter 2 wouldn't just be easy uh, to yeah. jump into? <laughs> and, and no, I mean, I know the title's misleading, but it would be hard for you to catch on. <laughs> Well, thanks. Fuck thanks it. for letting me know, buddy. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just looking out for you. You know, uh, because you're just skipping around everywhere. So you know, oh you fuck to, off! I have to hold it down. <laughs> you I know what? I'm gonna... I was walking up the stairs, motherfucker. Okay. You were jumping. You were literally leaping to him. Listen, don't make fun of me just because you know my character is a little light in the loafers. 
Um, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go find the promos I filmed. They're on YouTube. We'll get into those later. Uh, Scott, did you check out uh, It Chapter 1? Yeah, I actually went to the center with some friends from college to go see it. I think it was the day it came out. Like I liked like, all the stuff they were doing with it, but I thought the first like, part kind of relied on a quite a few jump scares, like which is something I'm not really a fan of. Oh, I mean, this movie... Okay, you know what? It is actually not scary. Uh, the I mean, the, the, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's just jump scares. There's no actual fear element with the characters, I'd say. But then I think the story is really good. I think the story in the last one is pretty good. And I think they have done justice to that. I think the actors are phenomenal. I, yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good movie. It's, it's a good watch. It's a long watch because it's, it's a fucking three-hour movie. I was fucking exhausted by the end. I, I like I literally came home at fucking one a.m. That was fucking. It's a long ass movie. But yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good watch. Hundred percent. Do check well, it out. You saw it in the the cinema. Did they have a was there a red balloon in your screening because there was one in mine? Uh, n- nah. Yeah, I don't some, think so. Yeah, the, the people at the cinema that I went to see had placed a red balloon in uh, all screenings of it to freak people out. Yeah, and then the uh, the Alamo Drafthouse uh, did an all-clown screening uh, for It Chapter 2 when it premiered, and that sounds fucking frightening to me. So, Wait, so you have I'm, to be dressed as a clown to, to get in? Uh, I think clowns are pretty pretty in right now. I mean, with uh, Joker coming out and, uh, soon and It coming out this week, clowns are really on the rise, and uh, I'm not a, not a huge fan of that. No, thank you. Uh, speaking yeah. of things that I'm not a huge fan of, Rebellion, 1999, <laughs> October 2nd, from Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm on my shit right now, man. Uh, two cups of coffee in and fucking I'm ready to go. Um, Rebellion, <laughs> 1999, uh, from Birmingham, England, October 2nd. Uh, and uh, we open the show with Pyro. Uh, lots of explosions. I mean, this would be the last time for a couple of hours these guys would get a, a, any little bit of excitement. We see JR and uh, Michael Hayes at ringside, so you know it's going to be a belter of a commentary table. Um, <laughs> Rahul, I'm going to go to you real quick. Um, did you know who Michael Hayes was when you saw him sitting at ringside? I mean, I've seen him nowadays at the effing uh, Hall of Fame shows acting like a buffoon, uh, but I had no idea who he was before I've seen him quite recently. So he was a character indeed. Yes, he was. Um so um, we open the show with uh, champion versus champion. The title that will be up for grabs would be determined by coin flip because the fuck, why not? <laughs> um, and this match goes about six minutes. It's Jeff Jarrett, the Intercontinental Champion, uh, coming to the ring with Miss Kitty, facing D'Lo Brown, the European Champion. Uh, Double J grabs the, the microphone. He says he's got a thousand pounds for any woman who will prove him right. He starts ripping on the women in the, uh, who are around the ring. And uh, he brings a vacuum into the ring with him so that somebody can uh, so one of these women can clean up, proving that he was right uh, in saying that the only place that women should have is that they are cleaning up messes, getting pregnant and making dinner. You know, 1999. He, of course, starts to put a he does pull a woman into the ring and then, of course, starts to put a figure four on the woman who has no fucking clue what's going on. Uh, shortly thereafter, China attacks Double J uh, to help out the fan. Um, Rahul, I'm going to go to you first again, real quick. Um, 
what were your what was your impression of what was going on here with Jeff Jarrett? Okay, I think in the same segment I've written what the fuck twice because oh my god, what was going on? So he comes out, he starts berating everyone. He was funny in that. I actually thought he was quite funny. Uh, I mean, I don't relate to what he's saying. Uh, I mean, I don't agree with what he's saying, but he was saying some funny things. Uh, he calls this girl in who I thought she, she like she must have known what's gonna go on, but she I, like she played the role of a clueless idiot perfectly. If she was playing a role, and then uh, Jared hooks in the fucking move, and she's trying to flail about, and then China comes in and gets a fucking decent ass pop, and then she lays out uh, fucking Jared. And then the match starts. I, it was fucking baffling what the fuck was going on, but sure, I was with it, I guess. He he whacked his jaw off that like <laughs> announce table, like so yeah, bad. Um, yeah. Speaking of the announce table, they couldn't have put a like a WWE logo on that like <laughs> on that like random little table that they got themselves. Like it just it made everything look a little weird. Um, Scott, do you want to help, uh, before we get into the match proper, do you want to try and, uh, fill in some of the blanks here for, uh, for Rahul? Uh, before we get to that, something I think we, we should have discussed beforehand is what the fuck is that opening video package to this people? Yes! Oh yeah. <laughs> like basically it's a, it's a switch from like fucking mad ass shit. And then this fucking posh ass dude <laughs> trying to be nice. It was so fucking baffling. And also, dramatic voiceover around saying about uh, the Rock and Triple H that they're getting ready to kick some bum. Like, <laughs> what's the actual fuck? I mean, you don't need to speak so properly. You're in Birmingham. Which, <laughs> which first of all, like, nothing against, Bar- nothing against uh, Birmingham. I mean, it's not somewhere I don't think that he usually runs, like, at least not for major shows. I mean, I mean, it's better than, like, you know, going to somewhere like Newcastle, which is basically or Man's Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Newcastle must be a hellhole to live in. I'm kidding. The place must be nice. I don't want to say that because I want to move there soon. I know. Ne- <laughs> I uh, I am so here to just listen to this like UK civil war that you guys got going on. Uh, it is it is endlessly entertaining to me. But uh, going back to something that's not endlessly entertaining, uh, D'Lo Brown comes out, and uh, <laughs> I uh, love D'Lo. No, yeah, I love. I love D'Lo Brown too, but this match is it's rough. Um, with uh, the the title that uh, will be on the line is determined by a coin flip, um, and it is determined that the IC title will be on the line, which doesn't look good for Jeff. Obviously, he's just whacked his mouth off of the uh, the announce table. Uh, possible uh, internal bleeding from his mouth. I mean, it's going to be a hard time for good old Double J. Uh, D'Lo comes out now residing in Birmingham, England. I love that mm-hmm. he is from a different like European city whenever he's the European champion. I want him to still be European champion to this day just because mm-hmm. it's just endlessly, endlessly entertaining to me. Um, the match starts off kind of uh, kind of hot with uh, Jeff uh, trying to leave after a pop-up powerbomb. Uh, D'Lo is very impressive um, throughout this match, obviously. D'Lo sort of like in a really uh, interesting place here because uh, we're only a few days out from the incident that takes place with draws, but uh, D'Lo is just sort of on a um, an impressive little run here uh, as incident? European champion. Uh, he he performs the uh, that pop up power bomb, the sky high, or the low down. Mm-hmm. I remember, I always get them confused, um, but he does that and it uh, it actually breaks uh, draws his neck and makes him a paraplegic for the rest of his life. 
<laughs> wait, wait, what? Yeah, D'Lo uh, inadvertently uh, paralyzes a man in a few days from the time this pay-per-view takes place. What the fuck? Like, yeah, it's a complete like freak accident. Like, draws even said said to D'Lo like after instant, like he didn't like blame him for anything. Fuck me, that's sad. Is, is draws alive? Yeah, he's, yeah, still, he's still alive. alive. Is is he okay? What's going on? I don't want to laugh, but I just, I just want to look him up. He, he seems happy. He's, he's got a custom wheelchair that allows him to still go hunting, so he seems happy. Yeah, he's got like a motorized tank almost that like he like gets lowered into. Uh, like uh, You're kidding yeah. me. You're kidding me. No, I swear to God, this is all true. Like he, he still goes hunting in this uh, like tank-like vehicle that he has. And uh, he's doing better now. Like, I mean, it's been 20 years, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, there was like a freak accident, and it, it shakes D'Lo Brown like it totally rocks his core. He's like not the same performer. He's not even around for much longer after after it oh. happens. Well, that's sad. I mean, I I don't want to. I want to laugh, but I don't want to laugh at the same time. So this is draws. He's he's an interesting looking man. Okay, that thing is fucking sick. You know what? <laughs> I don't. You know what I want to say? What I'm not gonna say. I mean, uh, fuck it. It's, it's too much. <laughs> Uh, um, because I mean if 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 I were to get that kind of vehicle I would consider I would consider it is what you I would consider being paraplegic as if it's like a choice that you can make like you just go into the doctor and you're like hey would you mind cutting a few fucking vertebrae in my neck real quick so I can get this tank that I really want <laughs> like what the, the I mean, if that vehicle was on offer, I think about it. Is all you think about? Okay, I'm moving on. Miss Kitty distracts Steelo Brown and the referee. Uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett hits Steelo Brown with the vacuum cleaner and gets the win. Jeff Jarrett then takes the mic and says he's going to prove men are superior once and for all, and challenges China for later on this evening. Um, The match goes, uh, like I said, about six minutes, and Jeff Jarrett retains. Um, Scott, your opinions on the opening contest here in Birmingham? Uh, first of all, I want to say, like, Jeff Jarrett really did not make it easy for that poor woman at the start because you can quite clearly tell, you look at the cable, that, that vacuum cleaner is not plugged in. I mean, how is she meant to clean up the ring with a with vacuum cleaner that's not even plugged in? <laughs> that was so funny. That was my point, that she was trying, but there was nothing happening. And he's like ripping into her the whole time where he's just like, you're missing it all. What the fuck? Get get in there. Like, it's like, dude, plug the fucking thing in. You can hear that it's not even on. Okay, the, I felt oh, bad for Dilo because you knew he wasn't going to win, but he was so over with this crowd. And like, you knew he wasn't going because Jarrett's Jer- going to, he's got that Frederick China still ongoing. Like, and they, they showed uh, a recap of what happened on Raw when, on the world before this, where China in a tag match earned another shot at Jeff Jarrett, and also that's going to go down at no mercy. But something I thought was interesting, said it said last Friday, and this period, this last Saturday, so they keep saying last night on Raw, which is, I think, because the UK audience, I think, didn't get Raw back then until the Friday. And I don't think they were even getting SmackDown in the UK at this point, because someone has a sign in the front row saying UK wants SmackDown, because I remember when we finally got SmackDown on Sky. You wouldn't get smacked down till like Saturdays. Oh, that's interesting. I, I wasn't aware that uh that there was like a holdover. Uh, I knew that Raw's only uh, premiered on the Friday, but I wasn't aware that SmackDown was uh the same deal. Yeah, and I didn't realize that we we were 
we I'm only basing it based on this guy saying that we want SmackDown. Either that or he wants like an actual SmackDown tape in the UK. I couldn't tell exactly, but like I didn't realise that maybe we didn't get SmackDown in the UK immediately. Yes, I assumed that as soon as SmackDown like launched, it would be in the UK as well. But and it's it's important to note though that uh, that D'Lo Brown is the hometown boy, so it is good to see that they are you know behind the hometown guy here. Um, and yeah, you got so... the same. You got the same Buckingham's all hometown boys. When they go to the hometown, they get humiliated in their hometown because Vince just loves that. Oh yeah, I mean it's good shit, pal. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> such good shit. Such good shit, pal. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it was a it was a decent match, right? I mean not not. I mean it wasn't great, but it also wasn't bad. Both of these guys are decent workers and and whatnot. So I mean, I thought they were maybe, probably going to go for a DQ here, but uh, it's good to. It's good to see that they're keeping Jeff Jarrett consistent. Um, Rahul, what did you think of the match overall? Uh, it was okay. It wasn't bad. It was quite blah. It was like a run-of-the-mill match. Nothing like out of the blue. The ending was, I mean, cheesy, but all right. It was an okay match. It wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a good match. It was an okay match, I guess. Yeah. I don't have much to say because I don't know <laughs> much apart from this. I just knew what I was watching. It was fine. I think... Um, what it led to later on in the night was something. I'd say that was something. That was fucking something. But yeah, this is fine. Yeah. I like this. I, I wouldn't shit on too much. It was good. And and absolutely, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a little bit more a double J later on in the evening. But um, you know, guys, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? It's it's time for everybody to hop aboard the train as the Godfather comes out. Uh, for his match against Gangrel. And um, I love the fact that in 1999, everybody fucking just boos the Godfather as if he's not going to bring the hose down with him because it's like a huge part of his character. And he stops and turns around and the crowd fucking loses their mind for the best assortment of women Godfather could pick up 45 minutes before the show. Um, and hey, he, he picked comes, up Lita once. Come on. He, he, I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, so the Godfather comes out with the hose. They go behind commentary. And um, let's talk real quick about um, JR and Michael Hayes. This won't be the last time they're brought up, so we'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say. But uh, JR says uh, business has just picked up <laughs> and the hose are behind him and they're like touching his hat and whatnot. They're concerned that their wives may be watching, which... I mean, the show only aired in the UK, so you guys are probably safe. Um, but uh, sure. Michael Hayes, being the, the clever improv comedian that he is, says, you know, that's not the only thing that's picked up. And I could feel JR wanting to backhand Michael Hayes and wanting to be <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I was fucking making a reference to, you fucking moron. Um, like... Uh, they, they go on commentary for a moment. Um, they worry that their wives are watching. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. They, it's funny to... <laughs> Jesus. It's funny to see that the uh, the Gangrel persona sort of, like, falls flat on its ass when uh, he doesn't get the little, like, fire ring when he's walking out. Um, and he just sort of has... So to many stand. thoughts. So many thoughts about he that. Shit. He just has to stand there for a few seconds in the dark while the, the smoke sort of rises. Um... This match was whatever. Uh, Godfather wins with the pimp drop. Uh, the hoes dance all over Tim White. 
Um, JR, and JR says, uh, let's get somebody to check on Timmy's heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, what's interesting to know is that uh, Hayes likes to watch. He's a dirty little cuck. He just likes to sit there and just watch. Fucking hell. He just likes to sit there and watch. He would seem to be interested to sit back at the commentary table and just watch these women pile all over Tim White. Um, but I'm going to go to Rahul first. Rahul, you said you have a lot of thoughts on the Godfather versus uh, Gangrel. I don't have many thoughts at all, so I'm curious to see what your thoughts are here. Oh, no, I have no thoughts about the match or Godfather. Gangrel. Oh, it's Gangrel. Gangrel, just him, because... When I started watching wrestling, I heard about him first. And I used to be scared shitless when I used to watch his entrance. I was like, what the fuck is this dude? I was like very young. Uh, I mean, I still be scared shitless of him if I saw him now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he used to be this enigma. Like, I don't know, for some reason, I was always fascinated by his character. And I saw this and I was like, this guy is badass. He must fucking, he would kick Godfather's ass and win this fight, right? Nope, this was a fucking shit show because he got his fucking ass squashed. What the fuck was this about? I fucking... I, I wanted Gangrel to do some cool shit and win this fucking thing. But it looked fucking shit when... So it's like... It's like Boogeyman, right? When he gets in the ring... Before he gets in the ring, he's fucking dope, you know, whatever. And when he gets in the ring, he's fucking shite. And then he... Uh, it's like it, Pennywise... He does fuck all. All, all, like, all the theatrics is amazing, but he does fuck all, you know. The, all the kids fucking survive. The fucking kids kill them, you know. But, yeah, he doesn't. That's the, that's the point, that Gangrel is it uh, because he's not able to do much when he gets in the ring because he loses the fucking godfather. The hoes uh, are fucking annoying, but then I guess that's what people want. And fucking Tim White, who the fuck wants to see that? Uh, yeah, that's those are my thoughts. The match was shite. That's it. These referees at the time were so used to getting their asses kicked. I mean, if you want to, if you want to give Timmy White a little, a little bit of strange, like good, good on him. I mean, they're in the UK, like whatever. I think be it, the hose being are in an interesting position here, where the Godfather says at the beginning of the match, like normally I would, uh, I would offer you the hose instead of like wanting to fight or whatever. But he thinks that everybody wants to see yeah. uh, him kick everybody's ass. If I were the hose at that point, I'm like, don't offer me up to this vampire-looking <laughs> motherfucker. I'd be a little fucking scared. Um, but uh, but Scott, what are your, what are your opinions here on this uh, match of the year candidate for for sure? Uh, I was going to ask, and just depending on the answer, we can edit this question out. But are we not? Is it because Nathan's not here? We're not doing any ratings for these matches, like because I'm fine if we're not doing them. But I'm just asking the question. Nah. Um. I mean. If you guys want to rate these, I I want to, I I like doing that for the pay per views, but this is a UK only pay per view, and I I didn't look up any references, so let's do let's do it though. Let's just give our fucking ratings. All right, uh, so the, the, the rating for the first the first match, go ahead, roll. Uh, two and a half stars. Although the match between Devo and Jeff Jarrett only went like six minutes, and yet felt like they were out there for because of the the segment Jeff Jarrett had before, and then he gets back on the mic after the match, and. I was talking about Raul about this before we recorded about how you've had a lot of fun detailing the antics of Jeff Jarrett and his war against all women. All women. And yes, just all women. And so I think I'd give like the segment and the match itself together a combined rating of the first Hobbit movie and that it's overly long. You know it's leading to something, but nothing too big is going to happen here because it's all leading to something else down the line. 
Um, and uh, for the first match, I'm gonna give um, I'm gonna give it when you go to McDonald's and you order a chicken sandwich, but they give you a fish sandwich instead, and you don't realize it until you've gotten home. What's going on? I thought you were giving number ratings. I, I give it a two point five. I don't oh, know yeah. doing this kind of shit. Rahul, it is it is clear that you don't listen to the product. Uh, and for pay per views, uh, we uh, we just give them like ridiculous, mostly food related uh, ratings. And uh, Scott does movies. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's more of a feeling so I, rating than a number rating. Nathan started it really. Yeah, yeah. Fuck man, that guy is. You can just start if you want. Uh, yeah, I'll just do stars. I'd be the I'd be the fucking bland one. And then for the uh, fucking... for what what do you give the second match, Roll? Oh uh, fuck. Can I give a zero? Fuck, that was point one. <laughs> fuck. Ruined Gangrel for me. I thought he was this cool ass motherfucker, but he's not. He's a bitch who loses in fucking no time to fucking a guy with hoes. Fuck me. And Scott, what do you give the second one? I think this this match is kind of summed up the kind of flaws with both men's characters. Uh, Gangrel is clearly nothing without the fire entrance. I don't know if you noticed when he walks out to the uh, to the corner first, he walks out a few seconds too early and has to stand there while the smoke clears and then will start walking. And also Godfather, clearly people boo would boo him without any hose, so that just goes to show it's not him that's over, it's the hose. So and I would give prefer for this rain to a sign I saw in the front row. Uh, or at least on the entrance ramp, a kid. Someone had a sign that says, "I like pink biscuits," which people from the UK will remember the pink wafer biscuits that they look nice aesthetically, but really when you actually eat one, there's really little, there's little, little substance there. So I'm giving this match pink wafer biscuits. The uh, <laughs> wow, they, they look. I good thought on that the was outside. a sexual reference. Okay, but it's not. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I did like that the Godfather is, is billed as being from the red light district. And I love how I love also how Jarrett gets introduced from the great state of Tennessee. And nothing against Tennessee. Um, but, go on, uh, go off. <laughs> go off. <laughs> but uh, great. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I'll leave it at that. Um, look at the look at the condescending tone. Uh, um, it's fine. I'm I give, from New Jersey, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, and that that speaks volumes. Uh, the second match, I'm gonna give it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the second match, I'm going to give it. Okay, so you picture your uh, you, you've uh, you've gone to the bar, you've met a lady, uh, you you take her home and you take her back to her place and uh. Things are going well. You make your way to the bedroom. The lights go off. Things are getting hot and heavy. And then you happen to look over and you just see the warm glow of a cigarette in the record light. And it's Michael P.S. Hayes watching you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you, I thought you were going to go down a completely different route there. You he, likes to, he likes to watch. He does like to watch. Uh, he does. That sounds like the most horrible thing ever. Just... Ugh. Oh no! Believe me, it gets worse. As China is with Michael Cole, she has accepted the uh, the challenge to Double J. Says uh, Double J has China envy instead of penis envy, which she says uh, Michael Cole should be like. She says vagina. Used to. She says vagina. Uh, <laughs> She's a fucking vagina. That's fucking wild. Like what? And he just said China. Vagina. 
And she says that she doesn't do windows, she doesn't do floors, but she will mop the floor with Jeff Jarrett. Bulldog interrupts and says no one cares about China and that the people came here to see him challenge Triple H, and he's going to go to Vince. This sparks something we don't hear the end of forever and ever and ever tonight. Uh, um, uh, yeah. The whole bit China thing, like, that's clearly, like, it's one of the ones where you hear Dowie, somebody say something that they're clearly trying to go over, you know, that's never going to work. And for China is the clearest example. They were selling shirts with that phrase on it, and surprise, surprise, they barely sold. If you're if you're out there and you have one of those, like, really question your life decisions. Wow. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's the Scottish opinion of... Like, who sees that shirt and says, like, I need to buy that? I mean, even if you like China, like, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's like that awesome <laughs> shirt with the two rattlesnakes oh, for arms. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, that's fucking crap. The, you know, there's an HLA t-shirt once. That was literally an HLA t-shirt. Hot lesbian oh. action. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they tried to get that over. Speaking of things they're trying to get over, uh, Val Venus versus Sexual Chocolate. Mark Henry is next. They go uh, three minutes and one second. This, I mean, this pay-per-view is really rocking. Going down the fucking drain. What the fuck? I thought there um, was something cool. Val Venus uh, gets in the ring, and of course he hits his whole, Hello, ladies. And has his, uh, his worst like set of metaphors ever i think uh he says that rugby and him have a lot in common based on the fact that there are a lot of balls and it gets rather rough and whatever this was just crap um this match is trash val wins clean uh best thing that could be said about the last two matches here is that they were short um this I'm gonna give this rating. I'm gonna steal this directly from you, Scott. Um, <laughs> this chocolate is not nearly as sexual as I was hoping it was gonna be. <laughs> it's rather bitter and old. Like you know when you get chocolate from a corner store, and it's sort of like almost out of date, and it's sort of white around the edges and shit. Ew. Um, yeah, like it, it's crap. This match is crap. But uh, what do you guys think of this match, uh, Scott? Go first. Uh, yeah, like you said like the best thing about this was that it was short. And also, Valvin said, everybody knows the Rugby World Cup is going on, to which my response was, actually, no, I did not know that was going on, because I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. But, like, like you said, like, this has got a point where he's been around for a year now, and I believe I said something similar when we did Unforgiven, but he's, this is at a point where he's grasping at straws for, like, his metaphors. Some of the could be drawn with us with our ratings sometimes, but like you said, like, it was just such the most random, like, match, like, I thought the Godfather v Gangrel was a random match. Like they thought, ah, screw it. They know these guys. It's the UK. They don't get wrestling much. Often they'll just cheer for anything. But for a rating, I would give this the the heat rating, and not just because it lacked it, but because this match it belonged on Sunday Night Heat, not on a pay per view. I was totally thinking that as well. Like uh, I almost went into the last couple of matches with like the introduction of. This episode of Sunday Night He live from Birmingham, England continues with um, because that's what this really felt like. It felt like a really long episode of Heat for a while. Um, Ironically, I was saying it was completely lacking any Heat. Yeah, for real. Um, 
Rahul, um, give us your thoughts and your rating on this match. Fucking shit again. I mean, <laughs> why am I here? I was watching. I'm like, do I need to do this podcast? But then I was like, okay, I'm here. Let me just watch it through. And it was quite fucking shit. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just Val Venus. Fuck. I have nothing to say. I don't like Val Venus. I've never liked Val Venus. Uh, I, I like Mark Henry as the fucking uh, destroyer that we came to know him as later on, not as this. Uh, whatever he was. Uh, I don't know. He felt like a better version of Kali. The the Punjabi playboy Kali. A better version of that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's still shit. So, yeah, I think that's like, this, this is a one star. I give this a one. The funny thing about this is the last time me and Jimmy saw Mark Ken was on SmackDown, which is where he was crying in the ring, admitting to the world that he was a sex addict. And then we see him in this random match where, because I think the UK doesn't get smacked at this point, there's zero mention of it. And he just loses in under five minutes to Val Venus. So it's not the wow. man you want to, it's not a man you want to go up to when you've got a sex edition and then you step in the ring with a porn star. I mean, he's trying to fight those <laughs> demons off, my friend. He's trying to fight those <laughs> demons off. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame that the UK didn't have some sort of like wind-based catastrophe to happen because on the last pay-per-view that he was he was talking about how um some hurricane had ripped through north carolina and he was just like he got blown from one end of the state to the other and when you have great wordplay like that and then you come in with this like really loose shitty rugby metaphor like i just ah come on val venus like give us a little bit more to work with here I mean, Fine, come, up with one, come, come up with something right now, Jimmy. Right now. Come up with something. Let's see what you can come up with. Like a, ru- like a rugby metaphor? Sure. Let's go. I mean, I don't watch rugby, but uh, I'll try and give it a shot. Um, do you want me to? D- I- I- I'll do it as Val Venus. Hello, ladies. <laughs> you know, the big, Valbosky, uh, the big Valbosky has been here <laughs> in the UK for the last couple of days, and well, you know, the big Valboski's a lot like rugby. Women are screaming and crying just at the <laughs> sight of my, my, my beautiful abs and my towel. And, and the big Valboski may not have a big set of balls, but he's always down to get down and dirty on the field anytime. Any place, and he's willing to go all four quarters and get in that end zone. I know that's all I got. Uh, yeah, that, that, you know what? I give you a slow clap for that. That's a pretty quick yeah. clap, but whatever. Yeah. That was good. That was yeah. really good. And yeah, I don't do this professionally either. And he's a porn star. You'd think he'd be able to come up with something. I can't can imagine. Sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, just that's something I just realized it there. Why exactly does he come out with a towel every week? Like he's got he's got trunks on underneath. Like why does he have a towel if he's a porn star? What is the connection with the towel? because uh, I think one of the first vignettes you see of him is I think like him coming out of a like a shower or something. So like it's it's meant to meant to insinuate that uh like he's you know in the middle of some porn scene every time he comes out or something like that. Okay, so I was just thinking, because you mentioned the tail and this thing, like, we meant to believe that 
Because I know he's here as well. We may believe that every time he comes up for match, he's just at the shower. Well, I mean, uh, he's yeah. very busy. Yeah. He's very busy, like, getting blown from one end of the state to the other every time he's anywhere in the world. Um, he, to, be fair, to, to, to be fair, I think the entire match that he has is a point scene because all the fans are getting fucked that they paid for this. And it only ends, <laughs> and it only ends on the money shot, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, there you go, you know. <laughs> uh, next up, we see Cole... Uh, trying to get a word with the Bulldog, who uh, walks in on Vince, um, complains about wanting a title shot, and Vince is like, you already had your title shot, The Rock was the ref, and um, that match, I mean, that match was totally carried by how charismatic The Rock is. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch that. Uh, um, Scott and I reviewed that uh, recently, and it's just fantastic. One of the most uh, impressive uh, things that The Rock has ever done, in my opinion. Um, But then... In the midst of him bitching and moaning, he throws a trash can, and it and it hits Stephanie McMahon in the face apparently, <laughs> and um, like what the fuck, I, Wait, a, a big ass metal trash can like that hitting somebody in the face, this bitch would have died, like this, she would have gotten whacked in the face with it, and she, <laughs> there should have been blood everywhere. <laughs> this bitch should have died. <laughs> she really should have. This bitch should have died. This, it's a metal trash can, and you hear it whacking off of the like the the like you hear it hitting the uh, the metal like um, lockers behind him. So you got to think that like it yeah. hit her in the face, and the back of her head slammed off of the the the, the lockers Sorry. behind her. Um, so I'm, you know believe- what these two, right? Oh, I watched the fucking show. They didn't stop talking about it the whole goddamn night. Like, uh, um, no, no, you do realize what this finally leads to, right? Like, in like, is this a spoiler for our timeline that we're working on? Uh, I guess I won't say it. So yeah, I, I guess yeah, it's hundred percent a spoiler of what happens. But I, it's pretty momentous. That's why I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, oh, this is what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're not going to hear the end of this until the end. So we're just going to move on for now to the fatal four-way for the WWF women's title match. goes three minutes and 16 seconds. Glass shatter. Um, And it's Tori, Jacqueline, Luna, and the champion Ivory. This match is fucking awful. It is a total mess. Uh, Ivory gets the win. And who the fuck cares? Scott, I'm going to go to you first. Did you care? Not really. I just... I just want to make a comment about the last segment that, like, that whole thing with Bulldog really sums up his entire WWF return and just one segment. And I'd heard about this segment with Stephanie getting hit by the trash can, but I thought it was, like, like a proper trash can, like the one the metal ones they use, like, when you when they bring a trash can out from underneath the ring. But no, it's just this really thin metal trash can that he's using. And, like, the way he throws it, like, and the way he sees Stephanie in position when she walks in, like, that bitch was nowhere near that trash Jessica, when he threw that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Unless she was in the back doing calisthenics while she was on the phone, there was no way she got hit with that thing. But we're poking holes. We're, we're looking for logic in an illogical situation. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I just I just love the Bulldog. Like, he's becoming a par- more and more of a parent. So like, oh, yeah, where's my title shot? You had your title shot. You call that a title shot? Like, like, oh. But, yes, <laughs> with regard to this match, I just goes to show how little I care that I'm talking more about the bulldog, Matt bulldog than I'm about this match, but like I couldn't remember if this was elimination or not elimination because people kept bringing up covers and then people were working together and saying about 
oh, we're, too, we're going to eliminate this person. Like, so is it elimination? And it didn't help that it was three minutes and at least, like, even three, like, they spent maybe 16 seconds talking about the match and the rest of the three minutes just talking about how how bad Stephanie is and how much of a bastard Bulldog is. Yeah, they couldn't shut up on commentary. I mean, the whole rest of the night is, well, we're going to give you an update when we have one. We're going to give you an update when we have one. It's like, I don't know. How about shut the fuck up and wait for a, wait for a fucking update? That's why I'm giving this match, uh, when you know when you open a gallon of milk and you're like on the fence of whether or not it's turned, so you use it anyway, and then you find out later when you're violently shitting your brains out that the milk <laughs> had turned? Um, that's this match. Um, Scott, what's your rating? I'm going to give this the uh, short-lived, uh, quickly cancelled Birds of Prey TV series. The live-action TV series from the early 2000s, uh, which because it had a lot of great characters in it that could have done a lot with, and clearly just bombed, and nobody cared. Rahul, your thoughts and your rating. Oh shit! Zero point five. Fuck. Okay. Why am I? I like literally. I think this review is painful. So imagine how painful that show was. I wanted to skip ahead, but I was like, you know what? For the sanctity of this. I'm going to watch every second of it. And I did, and it was fucking horrible. I mean, I just felt bad yeah, for her. it was. I mean, literally, at the fateful day where Scott was like, Rahul, do you want to do the review with us? I'm like, sure. I mean, there must be something interesting. Nope. Nothing to, like, maybe, like, the final final match and maybe some one, the one fight before that. I was like, oh, God, what's going on? Um. Yeah, and then, I mean, after the terrible the terribleness of the fatal four-way EMTs are shown assisting Stephanie. Um, a recap is shown from what we just saw literally four minutes ago. Um, and Cole is with bulldog who says, uh, Vince owes him an apology and he's getting his title shot. Uh, what happened to Steph was a total accident. I don't know. Maybe if you weren't roid raging, you wouldn't have fucking nearly killed a woman with a trash can. (laughs) Um, you fucking bloated, fuck um hey, he's um, dead okay he's yeah, fucking dead and, yeah and he was miserable here and i don't give a shit um the next matchup is the road dog versus chris jericho with curtis hughes this match goes an insane 10 minutes and 30 seconds um road dog jumps jericho at ringside they fight into the crowd hughes gets involved and jericho takes control this match is better than the last couple but it's still not great Road Dog knocks out the ref uh, with, uh, I mean, he could have stopped that punch at any second before he knocked the ref out. Um, Hughes hits Road Dog with a chair in the back because of his back injury, uh, but he still kicks out. Jericho then wins with a low blow. Uh, at this point, I was done with Michael Hayes uh, and his shitty commentary and, uh, because every match, at the very beginning of the match, he would just say, like, Oh, well, he's got to look out for this because it'll set up this big move and that will be the end of it. And it's like, dude, shut up. Let the match happen. Stop telling me what to look out for. Like the whole the whole show, he was just like, well, you know, he's going to be looking for this. And it's like, dude, stop. It's not the 80s anymore. Like, shut up. You know, (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, I was done with Michael Hayes at this point. Jericho gets the win with a low blow. Um, Again, not great. Definitely better. Um, Jericho is a good worker here. Um, Curtis Hughes is mean mugging the entire time through this match. 
and Road Dog danced. So uh, I'm going to give this match. Um, mozzarella sticks that were good when they were warm, but are slightly less good once they've cooled off. And they've only cooled off because you're having an interesting conversation with your friends at the diner. Um, but you muscle through it anyway, and you enjoy them to an extent. Um, Rahul, what did you think of Road Dog versus Chris Jericho with Curtis Hughes? Uh, this was better. You know what? After whatever I'd seen in the previous, I mean, before this match, it was an improvement. It was it was decent. I, I mean, if I had just watched that match, I'd be like, it was okay. But after I'd seen so much shit, this was pretty good. I'd, I'd give this actually, it was, it, it was weird actually, because I expected a better match from these two, especially from Jericho, because as you know, Jericho is a pretty good wrestler. He's pretty smart as well. As you may agree, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was okay. Um, I'd give it a two point five. I mean, I would have given it a three, but then I expected better. I've, then I, I would take it under two, but then I realized that this is much better than everything else on the show, so I'm gonna give it a two point five. Okay, Scott, your your thoughts and ratings. Uh, like you said, like I, I tuned out by this point. Well, not. <laughs> Last point, but like during this match, I just kept tuning out because nothing interesting was happening in the ring. I didn't give a shit about Michael Hayes. Not even Gr could salvage the commentary. And something that kept happening throughout the night, it got louder as the night was going on. Because so I didn't comment on it earlier. But by the time we get we get to the event, it's deafening. The the pricks in the in the crowd who bring the air horns and who was bringing that bloody football whistle as well. I mean, is in the crowd somewhere, like. This was be, this was a thing with UK pay-per-views from like one night only up until like I don't know like some point in the early two thousands like the fucking air horns like whose idea why do they not take the confiscate these air horns like we hear them at confiscating signs all the time nowadays why weren't there people in the crowd like get rid of those fucking air horns I I couldn't I I couldn't tell you like these air horns are just so just so ridiculous. Uh, like the whole run of the show. I mean, especially in um, uh, like in the the main event, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, just oh god. I mean, and I would. I really wish I would. I would be in there so I could find whoever was using those air horns in the paraphrase like one of the participants in the main event. I would take it. I wouldn't t- waste the time setting it up because I would turn it sideways and take it straight up. Whoever's asked the ass of the guy who. Brought that thing with him, so I didn't have to hear it anymore. Um, and at this point, I'd like to uh, I'd like to say that I've looked up Dave Meltzer's star ratings for this show. Um, okay. Yeah, so the first match, uh, D'Lo Brown and Jeff Jarrett, he gave uh, two and one quarter stars. Godfather versus Gangrel got a star and a quarter. Val Venus wow. versus Mark Val Venus versus Mark Henry got a quarter star. Accurate. The Fatal Four Way. <laughs> The Fatal 4-Way Women's Match got half a star. Uh, and Chris Jericho versus Road Dog got three and one quarter stars. Far, far too generous. And yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to go through the rest of them as we go here because I, I was very curious to see what was going on in, you know, Big Dave's head through this show. Anyway, like, this match, like, when I tried to try and pay attention, like I said, it was really hard for me Julie folks on that Curtis Hughes keep getting involved. Like every time Jericho comes in, Mr. Hughes follows him. I'm like, he's still here. Cause I heard he, he came back to be Jericho's bodyguard for a while, but like 
I didn't realise he was around for this long. And if I had to give a rating for it, I'd say I'd give it those filler episodes that became way too common in The Walking Dead in the later seasons, like the ones that happened just after something big has happened. And then they just the next episode is like 30 minutes so that everybody's just sitting around and you're waiting for them to actually move on and get to the next phase of whatever the storyline of the season is until you get like me and you eventually decide, like, oh, fuck, I'm done with this series. Oh, yeah. When did you fall off of The Walking Dead? Uh, I don't know. Season seven, maybe? Yeah, seven Sam, I, I caught the uh, the first episode of se- the first two episodes of seven after Negan came in just because I wanted to see what happened. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm good. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I really like Jeffrey Dean Morgan and as Negan, but even he couldn't like he wasn't around down often enough because like whenever he was around, it was worth watching. But then they just put him in at far too little. So like it's not worth me keep sticking around to hope he might show up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rahul, your thoughts and ratings, if I didn't already get it? Um, I mean, I agree with most of them, but I think the Gangrel match is far too generous in one, one quarter. And I think he's too harsh on the uh, Val Venus match. I think it was it was shit, but it wasn't a quarter star. It was a one star. But it's major. He's been doing this for years. He's, he's an old man now. He should probably retire. I don't know. Have you, have you suddenly stepped into like a, a missile silo or something? Because you're, you're echoey. Am I better now? Not really. Not really, no. You went hey, what? There we go. That's I mean, a little bit better. Yeah, I've literally not moved. I've, I've All right, there we go. Sick. It's it's good now. Um, it just it's it just sounded like you like walked into some sort of wind tunnel or something. Um. That's what yeah, the show so, has done to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, after after this match, we see the fans at uh, Virgin Records uh, waiting to see The Rock. Um, they, uh, I mean, you want to talk fucking... You want to talk, like, so UK. I mean, these guys, <laughs> like... The people that they picked out in line was like, Oh, yeah, I, I like the big show because he's with The Undertaker. Like, dude, what? Like... What accent was that supposed to be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't like know. That sounds like a mix of West West of England, part Scottish and part Irish, all just muddled together in a blender. I wanted to try and insult as many people as I could as possible. But some you, Amish in there. You, you probably with, yeah, with Amish. <laughs> um, we get more speculation on Steph's condition because this is something that's going through the entire course of the evening. Um, and then we get China versus Jeff Jarrett with Miss Kitty, uh, non-title matchup, um, goes two minutes and 22 seconds, according to what I've written down here, but also, uh, I'm seeing on the other website that I looked up for the, uh, star ratings that this match went four and a half minutes. I just know I was bored the whole time. There is a low blow right in front of the referee and then (laughs) comes out and, uh, comes in and attacks China for the DQ. Um, this was shit. This was utter shit. Um, Big Dave gave this match a quarter star. Um, I'm not going to be as kind. Um, <laughs> this was um, cottage cheese. Ugh. Cottage cheese. It was gross and lumpy, and I want nothing to do with it. Cottage uh, cheese is good. Oh, my fuck God. Whole cottage cheese is gross. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. This match was dog shit. Uh, 
give me give me your uh your your ratings and your opinions on this rahul uh, uh first of all if you would have some cottage cheese you would be taller than 5 feet tall but uh that's by the way and um i am taller than 5 uh, feet tall sir uh, i mean the video is uh, i mean it it begs to differ but... i'm standing next to a guy who's 7 foot 1 Okay, there's no reason for me to do anything other than stare up at him. <laughs> Standing up quite a bit. Uh all right. So, yeah, this match was uh, what the fuck was this? First of all, Tim White, what the fuck was that all about? Basically, she just low blowed him in front and she's like, "Okay, go on." Uh, I mean, fair enough. I mean, okay, I'm not going to say that girls need an advantage, but um yeah. So this was something. It was a shit match. Nothing really happened until the bulldog came in with the power slam, and then Jared at him like a dick more, and then just you know what? Honestly, why is this even a show? Did they actually? You know what? If I were backstage, I'd say I think we should just pull the plug now. This is just a terrible show. But yeah, they didn't. They went through with it, and shit, just shit. Half half a star. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, this show like there were multiple times where I paused it and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not even an hour in." Or, "Oh my god, what the <laughs> yes. fuck is going on?" Um, and that I got lost looking at my phone half the time. I mean, this show is this show is fucking rough. Um, Scott, how uh, how rough for it was you at this point? I was just like I knew like this wasn't going to be much of a match and because we know these two are going to face off at no mercy. They, is the uh, China won that tag match on Raw and all that, and so just as soon as the bell rings, you're thinking like, okay, how do they get out of this? How does China get screwed this time to keep this story going? And then also the Bulldog came out with a really a very crap looking power slam, it has to be said. So like there was very much little of this match to really make a comment on. So if I had to give it a rating, I'd say it would be the beef trifle that Rachel makes in that episode of Friends. <laughs> everyone is everyone is just shoveling everyone is just having to shovel down even though it tastes like shit probably everyone except Joey and probably the role of Joey is probably Vince McMahon who is probably the only person loving this show oh man uh we see more footage from uh the fans waiting to see the rock and big show we see the rock uh doing his rock stuff and we see the big show trying not to fall asleep um <laughs> as he's at virgin records in london um I mean any thoughts on this this little montage? I agree that Big Show looks like he looks like he just got off the plane from the US and was driven right to Virgin Records. He didn't sleep at all on the plane because he looked like he just like I want my bed. Yeah, he looks like he needs a piece of peach cobbler and a nap. Um <laughs> I thought the same thing. I you know I need the bed when I was watching the show. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. I, um suddenly Suddenly, though, this this show does pick up a little bit for me. Um, we have a no disqualification. There must be a winner. Big Show versus Kane. Uh, Kane and Big Show just kick the shit out of each other. Kane ends up getting the win. Um, I mean, this wasn't great, uh, but it's it's just good to see two big dudes beating the shit out of each other. I mean, this episode of Heat is really long, and it is just just more and more of the same. Um, it go it gets a three quarters of a star from Big Dave. Um, but What? from yeah, it gets three quarters of one star from from Big Dave. I disagree. Um, if I had to give it, this is a, a brilliant rhythm, match. This I is a go, fucking amazing match. I wouldn't go that far, sir. Um, look, but, 
have you have you seen what we have seen on the show? This show has been fucking shit. And these two people. Okay, all right. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's in, com- in it's, comparison. This is like Tokyo Dome level stuff. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, these two are actually putting." Honestly, I I don't know. If I watch it now, I'd be like, "Okay, maybe it's shite." But while I was watching it, I'm like, "Holy shit, they're fucking giving it to each other." This is a good, hard hitting match, and yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was, it was pretty good. I, I mean, I just went early. I interrupted you and just went early. But yeah, I th- I would give this fuck maybe two and a half stars, three maybe. I don't know. Three buckets. Scott, do you agree that this was uh, probably uh, the better of the matches on the show so far? Yeah, compared to everything else on the card, I think it's actually quite strong. And I'm not really just, I'm probably just saying that because my boy Kane is involved in this and he got the win. Like, it's the first Meltzer race. And he's looking, he's looking great here, isn't he? Like, he's trimmed yeah, yeah. out. He's He's got a fucking pump going. He's fucking like on his shit in in this uh, in this little run of his the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean they're both moving quite quickly. Like, Kane hits an impressive looking drop kick. Big Show leaps over the ropes, kind of when he was getting into the ring. So like they're not really as lumbering of a match as you'd probably expect from two guys this tall and this like this big. And like this is the first reading of Meltzer's that I actually uh, disagree with. I think he's been a bit too harsh on this, even though it only goes about what seven minutes. Uh, yeah, but it, it says here eight minutes and thirty eight seconds. Yeah, so uh, let me get. I'm trying to think of a rating. Uh, I think maybe I'll give it the Robot Wars rating, even though I, <laughs> I, I only saw bits of Robot Wars. Just two big guys clearing into each other and beating the hell out of each other, and it's just more entertaining than you would think it would be. I would kill to see a match between these two where one of them has like a buzzsaw attached to his head. <laughs> And the other one has like a hammer attached to his head and they were just fighting like robots, but they're real people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, Ken gets the win in like about eight and a half minutes. Um, and we move on to uh, Cole is with uh, Triple H. And in the longstanding tradition of people not giving a shit about China, he says he all he cares about is the WWF title and the title is leaving with him. Uh, it was a good quick promo. I think Triple H is uh, really starting to find his stride here. This is obviously um, part of the... Uh, Part of where uh, he's really stepping it up and being a um, main event player. Um, so yeah, I, uh, overall, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I have thoughts regarding this promo, but I, they also tie into the main event, so I'll wait till we get there. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, we move on to uh, X Pac versus the British Bulldog. <laughs> um, Bulldog dominates for a majority of the match. Uh, X Pac does mount a little bit of offense and tries to fight back, but it is of no use. And the Bulldog wins with his running power slam in a little over five minutes. Um, this match was okay. I think it's uh, the better of the Bulldog matches that we've seen since he's come back. Um, you know, give give people what they want a little bit. I mean, even though he was getting booed here, I mean, the UK crowd knows who the heel is. Uh, some of them were still on his side because not everyone's going to be able to turn against the British Bulldog, especially in, you know, his home country. So um, X-Pac always seems to bring the best out of people, and it was a good quick match. So, uh, Scott, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what did you think of uh, X-Pac and British Bulldog? Well, I think the best way to describe this is X-Pac wrestles around Bulldog. Because, <laughs> because like, Bulldog is not the, wasn't always the quickest guy, but, like, X-Pac looks like the Flash next to next to the Bulldog. He's basically flying out, kicks in, basically just every now and then when he jumps, 
Bulldog just manages to catch him, and then that's how that helps him win. Like I did like the finish where he just drops him, he just places him nicely on the on the top rope, and then just power slams him. And again, not not the best looking power slam, and then that was it. I mean, like hopefully, thankfully, this will be the last time we would see Bulldog on the show. Oh yes, of course, because we're not going to get any more of that for the rest of the evening. Um, Rahul. Rahul, my buddy, my yeah, pal, sir. British Bulldog X-Pac, give me your thoughts and your rating. Um, fun fact, this is the first ever British Bulldog match I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, never seen him wrestle before. And I, he, I, I knew he's like a big deal in the UK. So I was wondering he, if he's a good wrestler. And uh, this match did not help my opinion of it. He was... He was just slow. It was pretty boring. Um, X Pac, I think. I, I think X Pac was like the best part of this match. At least it wasn't too long. It was like what five minutes, I guess. A little over five minutes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was okay. It was, it was like a one and a half star, I guess. So it was okay. Uh, Big Dave gave this uh, two and a quarter stars. Uh, by the way. Um, yeah, and your 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 ratings, please, gentlemen. Um, for what? Ratings uh, for? Uh, yeah, I know we just got yours. Roll. Uh, did we get yours, Scott? Uh, no, I would uh, compare this to walking an actual bulldog. You have an actual bulldog, and you take it for a walk because I've I've got a neighbor that has a bulldog, and for I've seen bulldogs just like just go me very slowly, and occasionally they'll just stop, and then you have to basically try and get them, encourage them to walk, and you basically you're almost dragging this bulldog along the street. <laughs> I think that compares to that, com- that compares to how bulldog was moving in this match. That's the best analogy of this that's, entire podcast. That's pretty great, yeah. Um, as for my rating, I'm going to give it a... It's like when you get an order of fries or chips in the UK, and like some of them are hot, and some of them are still like kind of cold or room temperature. Um, and you just sort of have to like muscle through it because you got a busy day and you got a lot going on. So some cold, some cold chips is what I'd give this. Um, next up we see, uh, the Hollies arguing over the meaning of stones and pounds. Um, they obviously don't understand, uh, what's going (laughs) on and crash is obviously the, uh, the more worldly of the two because he (laughs) weighs himself on like an American, like an American setup, like weight, uh, uh, like an American setup scale, but he converts it to stone just by looking at it. So, I mean, Crash Holly is definitely the one to ask when it comes to conversions. Um, but as the resident of the UK, uh, Scott, what was your opinion of the uh, stones and pounds argument that they were having here? It seemed to me like we interrupt this WF area to bring you an Abbott and Costello sketch. Yeah, no, you weigh in pounds. No, pounds is money. We like it's clear <laughs> they don't know what stones actually are, because like people, some people seem to think like like no, it's in stones, not in pounds. Like no, you, you weigh in pounds, but stone is basically a st- one stone is fourteen pounds. So, like you're like fourteen stone, you'd be like I can't remember. I actually can't figure it out. Basically, like. Oh fuck! I don't even know. I can't do quick math in my head. But like stones he, is a collection of pounds, and cr- not actual pounds. Uh, Crash, Har- uh, Crash Holly says he's thirty-five stone, 
which would make him 490 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they get they when they get introduced, they get introduced as weighing in at a combined weight of over 800 pounds because they're the super heavyweights. Just as a, as a as a whatnot. Uh, but we go right, right to the ring for the triple threat elimination. Number one contenders match for a WWF uh, tag team title shot. Edge and Christian putting up their title shot against the Acolytes and Crash and Hardcore Holly. This match comes in at around nine minutes. Um, uh, Hardcore Holly and Edge start off. Holly's get eliminated first after the match gets a little bit messy. Uh, he nearly... Uh, the uh, Bradshaw really nearly decapitates Hardcore Holly with a clothesline from hell to eliminate him. Uh, and then the match does get better once uh, it's down to one-on-one. Edge and Christian end up getting the surprise win and retaining their number one contendership with a Tornado DDT. Edge and Christian set to face the World Tag Team Champions, uh, the New Age Outlaws, presumably at no mercy, but we, we shall see. Uh, Scott, Give us your opinion and your rating on the triple threat number one contenders match for the WWF World Tag Team Titles. Big Dave rated this a solid two stars. Do you agree or do you disagree? Well, something I'm trying to figure out is I'm trying to think what tag team title shot because they had a tag title shot. They got it Unforgiven, and now they've moved into the Unforgiven. They moved into the whole Terry Invitational series with the Hardys. Like I'm trying to think like when did they earn another tag title shot? Because I've been watching the Raws and the SmackDowns, and I couldn't make head nor tails of this. Yeah, they do get announced like on commentary. They do say that they're the current number one contenders, but I don't recall them getting another number one contender shot at any time. Yeah, like I don't even get because like only thing I think was like they had to beat the Hardys, but that wasn't for the number one contender for the title. That was part of the whole one match in the Terry series, which is out of five. So um, like it's it's the confused. hit. The tip. Or the tip, sorry. Yes. But yeah. I do have to, like, that clothesline from hell from Bradshaw on Crash or Hark or whichever one it was, but he, like, he fights out of the, out of the third one and just, he just clatters him with that clothesline. I had to remind her a couple of times just to watch it again because he looked like he could have killed him, honestly. So that was, that was worth watching back, but. Uh, Go back, go to Raul and come back to me with the rating because I'm trying, still trying to figure mine out. Well, uh, Rahul, why don't you give us your opinions and your rating here on the Triple Threat Tag Team Number One Contenders match? Um, okay, so when I started watching again, I really like Crash Holly for some reason. I seen his entrance and I, so I was like, okay, he looks cool. Uh, the Hollies were okay. I didn't. I was like, okay, this match was good. Uh, I mean, it was better than. Okay, I don't know. This show is weird for me. Uh, but yeah, it was it was an okay to good match. I think it picked up more as the Hollies got eliminated. Um, and yeah, I like Edge and Christian, and uh, I think both the tag teams had their dynamics laid out well. And uh, yeah, I think if the 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 Hollies were just like a minor blip in this match. And yeah, it was a good match apart from that. And uh, I don't know, maybe three. I give it a three. Three stars. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have your rating yet, there, Scott? Uh, I think I'm just gonna say it's. I feel like if you if someone tries to get into this new TV show and you've watched a couple of episodes, then it's one of those TV shows where they tell you, oh, you need to listen, pay attention because every little detail matters, and everybody talks about the show. Be like, 
oh no, I've just been casually watching it. I wasn't really paying attention. And then after a couple of episodes, you're like, I'm completely <laughs> lost. Who are any of these people? Why are they doing this? <laughs> That's another um, good analogy. <laughs> I mean, I, I was confused and I'd been watching Raw and SmackDown. I can only imagine how confused I all might have been. I was lost. I was like, okay, this is wrestling that I'm watching. I know these people and I'll just enjoy that. But I couldn't because most of the show was shite, apart from a few good matches. Uh, but yeah, uh, this one was good. I, I don't want to shut on it too much because I like all the people involved, apart from maybe hardcore Holly. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you and Nathan had that in common as you listen back to our December to December show where basically Nathan just goes on this ran out of nowhere on hardcore Holly, which was just awkward. <laughs> and Nathan like, is quite awkward. I like hardcore Holly uh, in this little like super heavyweight run that he's like, you know, the big shot kind of thing that he's been doing, especially with uh, Elroy Jetson at his side <laughs> over there. Um, it, I, I always really dug the Hardys, uh, the Hardys, the Hollies. And uh, I think that they're, they're a lot of fun at this time and they're a good uh, little comedy act. And I think that uh, keeping uh, keeping the number one contendership that not none of us know how they got on Edge and Christian is great because as we know, something is coming up real soon with... Uh, with the the Hardys and the Ho- the Hardys and Edge and Christian and the Dudleys, so should be a lot of fun as we move uh, further down the line with those guys. Six of the best professional athletes in this game today, and when it was said and done, I proved to the world that they weren't even in my league. But the best thing of the night, Steve Austin. Had to get down on his hands and knees and count one, two, three over none other than the people's champ. You and I made a deal last night. If either one of us became the World Wrestling Federation champion, the other one would get the very first title shot on Raw. The fact of the matter is, I lied to your ass. I'm disappointed to hear that... You're reluctant to defend the WWF Championship because tonight you will against the man whom the British Bulldog screwed out of his championship opportunity, The Rock. I was a little surprised and a lot off to find out that Triple H was ordered to defend the World Wrestling Federation title against The Rock. The agreement was, you reinstate me, you get the title shot. You will get your title shot at no mercy, no matter who the WWF champion will be. Vince McMahon made a promise, you heard him right there in the ring. Stone Cold got whoever is the champion. No matter who it is, that's what I'm here to find out. The WWF title is on the line. Triple H. Against the challenger, The Rock. Well, these two guys' bodies have got to be sore and bruised because they both were in a war last night with four other men in their six-fat talents, and they're forgiven.
I think we should here tonight make the match. Triple H versus the British Bulldog. China will not be allowed to be in Triple H's corner. You know, we need a referee. We need a guest referee in this matchup. And that guest referee will be none other than The Rock. The Rock says this. He realizes that The Rock is going to go out there and he's going to call the match right down the middle. The Rock is going to be completely unbiased. doesn't want to count, The Rock just doesn't count. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the thing I have an entire page of notes for, it is time for our three Bellion UK's main event of the evening. We have the WWF title match. A steel cage surrounds the ring. The black barred cage is back. Um, Door and all. The rock comes out. Recaps are shown. As they set the cage up, uh, which takes a little while because this type of cage takes a long time to assemble, as we saw back at Unforgiven. Um, Rock says, Triple H has been spending too much time in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Like, lol, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, says that he's going to take one of the Oompa Loompas, uh, shine them up, and shove them up Triple H's ass, which would be very uncomfortable, especially for the midget that he's shoving up Triple H's ass. Can you imagine? Can you uh, imagine? The Mitch is like, why am I going through this? Rock rips, in, Rock, Rock rips into a fan um, that's giving him a thumbs down. I love that look that Rock gets in his face where you can tell that he's running through a list of insults in his head right before he says something to somebody. Um, gives him the whole, it doesn't matter what your sign says, if you smell what the Rock is cooking, blah, 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 blah. Um, this match goes uh, like about 23 minutes. Solid action, easily match of the night. But unfortunately, there are air horns for everybody in this whole fucking match. Like, as if they weren't bad the rest of the night, they're really bad during the main event here. Um, little botch as uh, Triple H slips as he's trying to drag The Rock back into the ring at one point. The Rock catches Triple H into a rock bottom. There is a pedigree, there's a couple double down spots. And uh, before this match picks up um, at the point where Rock escapes the cage after the referee had been like cold cocked and knocked out by Triple H after he tries to drag a chair into the ring. Um, 
this match is pretty good ba- back and forth. I mean, these guys at this point probably can't do much wrong. They've been working with each other a lot. Um, really solid action between the two of them. Um, before we get into the bulk of the match, are you guys uh, on board for this match at, while they stayed inside the cage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was pretty good. Um, I mean, yeah, these two went through their regular stuff, and it was fun. I mean, nothing to complain about as of yet. Until later when they go out and something happens. Yes. Uh, me off. They end up, uh, they, uh, the Rock ends up getting out of the ring. The crowd loses their mind. JR is fucking apoplectic on, on commentary about the Rock winning the, the world title. Uh, the, the, this huge thing had happened there in the UK. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, then they, um, they end up fighting outside the ring for a while. Um, JR is going, I wrote down in my notes, he's going full slobber knocker on this one uh rock takes the mic and says that he has a gift from him and the fans of birmingham which gets no reaction um and crushes triple h uh with the chair busting him open Uh, rock joins rock joins commentary to say that uh triple h is not not bleeding blood he's bleeding monkey piss (laughs) (laughs) so stupid easily my favorite thing that's said if not on the pay-per-view, but in all of 1999 wrestling that I've been watching lately. He's bleeding monkey piss. The Rock jumps off the cage, though, onto the table, uh, but it does not break. Um, easily the most confusing thing happens where Rock and Triple H re-enter the cage. Like, why wouldn't you just throw Triple H back into the ring, close the door, and then wake the referee up? <laughs> like, I think Rock was an idiot here, and the fact that Rock lost, uh, good. You're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. Um, I didn't think of that. That's so funny. <laughs> like, why would you follow the guy back into the ring? You bloodied him up. You beat the shit out of him with the chair. Throw him back into the fucking ring and close the door in front of you. It didn't take Vince long to fucking find a chain in a little bit. Like, fucking just close the fucking door back and fucking, I don't know, fart and fucking in Earl Hebner's face and wake him the fuck up. Wake him up and be like, hey, I won the title. um so much so much happens here um so he throws him back in the cage bulldog runs down as rock was escaping uh as yeah as rock was escaping shane attacks uh the bulldog but gets power slammed on the floor really gnarly stuff there patterson and briscoe attack bulldog he enters the cage uh gets low blowed by the rock uh and also rock bottoms um uh, then china appears out of nowhere um, slams rock uh, with the cage door uh, right into like right into his head. That looked really rough. Yeah. Uh, Triple H suddenly awakens and climbs over the cage. Rock pulls him down. Uh, I'm sorry, Rock pulls him back in by his hair, which looked kind of gnarly. Um, China then climbs up and gets punched in the face by the Rock. Um, Bulldog then attacks Rock as Triple H escapes and retains the title. Booze all over the place. Vince McMahon appears and like shoulder blocks uh, Triple H on the way down the ramp. Uh, Change the door, chains the door closed on the cage. Rock beats up Bulldog, Rock bottom, people's elbow. Rock leaves the cage and we go off the air. 23 minutes. Triple H still somehow retains the title. Uh, no other referees in the building were obviously watching this match, and Triple and Vince obviously wasn't paying attention enough to have the match restarted or turned over. Um, Bulldog gets his ass kicked, um, and that was Rebellion. 
Um, so why don't we uh, why don't we go through our thoughts here, Rahul? Your thoughts on uh, this clusterfuck of a cage match? I actually liked it. I think yeah, yeah, uh, yeah as well. Yeah, I mean the action was good. Uh, nothing that you can complain about much. Uh, they went out and that chair shot was brutal. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Uh, and you know there were some really clunky spots, but I think they added to the brutality of the match. I'd say they made it look. I mean, again, the monkey piss line was. I was just cackling at that. And then, yeah, I think I, then the run-ins started, and the run-ins were like I was then trying to catch on to okay, so this, this, this is happening. And uh, yeah, the run-ins helped the match a lot. Uh, it was cool to see everyone get involved, and yeah. uh, I think yeah, and. Uh, I think yeah, I, I think Triple H winning was gonna be the the answer anyways because it's a fucking UK pay per view. Uh, I don't think the title would have changed hands there. But they really played a good storyline through the entire night. I think you can complain about whatever they did with the whole bulldog, uh, just showing the same things again and again. But they all they connected everything quite well. I think at the end of the day, so yeah, it, this match was pretty good. I give it a fucking three and a half, maybe even four stars. That's uh, it's interesting that you say that Big Dave agreed with you there. It was uh, three and three-quarter stars from uh, from Big Dave's perspective. Um, Scott, um, we, we've, been, we've been keeping up with 1999 as of late. Um, did this match uh, pay off for you as well as it seemed to go over with the crowd and with Rahul and myself? Well, yeah, I think it's clear when you look at this card, like this is clearly the best match that this card has produced. Because, as we said before, Rock and Triple H, no matter what the setting is, it's really hard for them to have a bad match because they've got such good chemistry together. Like, the air horns, like, I'm surprised I could hear the commentary for the air horns, but mind you, that wouldn't have been a bad thing because that meant I didn't have to listen to Michael Hayes. So it's a case of, like, what do you want to listen to more, air horns or Michael P.S. Hayes' commentary? Like, it's not exactly the better of each so, God bless, God bless Jr. for like carrying this entire show with Michael P.S. Hayes on like color commentary. I it was just dreadful, and the fact that they wouldn't shut the fuck up about Stephanie the whole show is just like, like when they did the like post match, sorry, the pre match like ring announcement from Sir Anthony Chimel as Jr. kept referring him to. Uh, but he said, like, there are, you must win by escaping over the top or through the door. And he says, there are no disqualifications. There are no rules apart from the clear rules that you just stated. Ten seconds tell about how you win the match. So don't say there's no rules when you say, oh, but realize you must climb over the top or through the door to win. So, like, no, Jesus, give Howard his, Howard his job back. The man's been through a lot. It's like... Did you guys have that commercial over there where it was uh, like the Little Caesars pizza and uh, the guy walks in and he's like looking at all the pizzas that are already prepared and he's like, oh, my God, there are no rules. And he takes his shirt off and the guy behind the counter is like, dude, put your shirt back on. And he goes and puts his shirt back on. He goes, there's one rule. Like, that's like what this show that what this like match reminded me of. I don't think we have Little Caesars over your side. We have seen that commercial, but. Obviously, I want to say something about the the run-ins and like the bulldog. Jesus Christ, it's been a hell of a night for him. He's been up. He's doesn't matter who he is, he'll beat up anyone from women to old people to recovering drug addicts. He'll beat up anybody. But and like <laughs> like you clearly like 
a convoluted way the Triple H won by like, The Rock. I was like you said, he went out the door, but the referee didn't see it. But something I didn't get is he throws Triple H back in, he goes back in with him, then he The Rock goes to escape. The Rock decides this time I'm going to climb over. You, the door's still open. You could have just walked out. I don't That's, say yeah. I don't say I didn't want to win that way because you went out the door the first time. So clearly, you, you're okay with winning that way. <laughs> yeah, that that was fucking baffling to me as well. That like you know yeah. that the fucking door is open. It's right there. You've knocked the guy down. You like you know the referee's got to be moving at some point. He only got punched in the face. Like it's not like he got like run over with a steamroller or something. <laughs> um, it's wrestling, guys. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, though, like, and the fact that he didn't go out of the, the, the door, he tried to climb over the top, like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, Rock definitely deserved to lose this just out of sheer stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that he said fucking monkey piss. Fuck that shit. Yeah. No, really... monkey piss, monkey piss should have got him the win. But, uh, <laughs> like, other than that, like, just out of pure stupidity, he should have lost this. And luckily he did. Wait. Earlier on, I said I had a thing about China and the way Triple H talked about China. Now, Triple H basically said he didn't give a shit about China, which he got be up. He was just focused on retaining his title later on. And then China still comes out and helps Triple H win. And, Jerry, you know you know that I've, I've had this gripe the last few weeks of the whole China Jeff Jarrett story and that she's meant to be this like, underdog and she's meant to stand up for all women kind and all that. And will be the only woman that can really stand up to, to Jeff Jarrett. And yet, She's constantly out there with Triple H, coming out of Triple H's team zone, helping the biggest heel in the company at this point hold on to his title uh, at any turn. And, like, even here, like, I thought, oh, this is going to be where China finally separates herself from Triple H, and she's now a, a face now because she's, she's popular enough to be a face. But then, no, she's still with Triple H. Like, seriously. Like, how am I supposed to root for China against Jeff Jarrett, which is constantly helping Triple H? Yeah, that, it, there is a lot of confusing little things about the way that the China character has been handled uh, through all this. I mean, they definitely should have tried splitting them up maybe a little sooner, but I guess Triple H did need the uh, the assistance there because he wasn't going to get it from uh, he wasn't going to get it from the McMahons this time around. They were preoccupied with uh, wanting to hurt uh, Bulldog or have him hurt. So it is what it is. Um, this match definitely gets. Um, like a let's just like some sort of pleasing dinner. Like it, it was very good. It was a it was a good main course to the show. Uh, you felt sort of fulfilled and refreshed. Granted, some of the uh, the stuff was a little cold, didn't work as well, and um, the potatoes were kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> so like you know, not everything was on point, but it was a decent enough meal. And uh, if I had to ask you guys overall, like where your thumb would be for this show, what would that be? Well. Obviously, I hadn't actually given my rating for the match, and I would say this match is as a main event. It's think of like if you've been in a house show, think of the best type of house show main event you've ever actually you've gotten a chance to or you could get to see, and that's this match because Rebellion as a whole is basically aside from the pyro and the backstage segments, it's basically a glorified house show that they just happen to be filming and put on pay per view and like put on Skybox also. I would rate the Rock Triple H as good as it was with all the runs and all the shenanigans of all it's a great house show main event and you quickly tell the, the network version's been edited because I've heard that there's a version, the original version of this when uh, Vince locked the door 
he apparently in full like Vince voice told told the uh, British Bulldog just went fuck you. Lovely. <laughs> but for this show itself, I'd say middling to down overall. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to give this show a thumbs down as well. Um, just, I mean, one match is not good enough. Uh, even like the the Kane and Big Show match was better, and you know, some I like some of the stuff in the the tag match and whatever, but it's just not enough to bring this show anything like further up from a down. This uh, this match, this show is just. I mean, even talking about it, I'm now laying down like tired, and I've had two <laughs> cups of coffee. <laughs> in like the three hours that I've been awake and just talking about this show has made me tired again. Um, Rahul, uh, what, what, we, where is your thumb for re three R3 billion 99? Uh, I think this has to be a thumbs up. I think there's no other option for the show. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. You fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a billion show. I don't, I, I like, I mean, there was fucking sexism flying about, then there was the sexual chocolate. Then there was some really good matches. You had two big behemoths beating each other up. And the main event was just shenanigans, shenanigans. And uh, monkey piss. I think it has to be a thumbs up. Yeah, You've done nothing but complain this entire review. You complained just before we started for us having for us making you watch the show. I think the point is that this show has actually like ruined me. And I think my brain doesn't work anymore. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. I probably... Any more would indicate that it ever did in the first place, Rahul. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, but uh, what we didn't what we didn't mention really was uh, that they're going to be back on Sky Box Office May sixth, live from London. Um, so, if that I believe that shows on the network, right? So, if um, yeah. if we come back around to that, we'll make sure to shit all over that show as well. Um, Rahul, as our guest today, uh, you're going to select. What music will play us out here on the Rebellion uh, show? Please make it something that's easily findable. Um, but also, at the same time, give us your plugs. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Muddy Buffy. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. And yeah, apart from that, the song that you all can play could be uh, Via Venus's theme. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent choice. Yeah. And thank you, thank you for joining us, Rahul. We we appreciate you joining us here at the uh, R3 Bellion Motor Lodge in Birmingham, England, uh, or Manchester, yeah, I mean, wherever I said it was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, uh, maybe I'll skip the next one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what that's all about, Jimmy. Uh, but yeah, it's it pretty good. I had a good time. Thank you for having me on. Yes, and fuck you, Rahul. Um, uh, <laughs> Scott. Scott, what are your plugs here from uh, as we try and recover and wake up a little bit from this podcast? <laughs> We're also <laughs> depleted. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at ScottMcLeod1986. You can find my other podcast, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast at SP Rambling. Our latest episode just went up. We talked about all sorts from the wrestling from the past weekend. We're all out in NXT UK to Frasier to The Good Place and all that good stuff. I also host the Danny's uh, Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast, uh, going through the, the the career of my favorite wrestler Kane, my boy, as I said earlier on. So try and check that out because I tried cram a lot of stuff because Kane's had a long career and I didn't forgot how long his career had been 
until I tried to prepare that show. And yeah, definitely make sure to go check that out. Also, make sure to go back into our archives uh, uh, and check out some of our older stuff. We got a new kayfabe court coming up, or it's already up already, depending on the the schedule at which these things were released. I'm not privy to that information, so I'm just going to say, listen to all of our stuff. Enjoy it. Like, share, subscribe. Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Do all of that. Also, follow us over on Instagram and the Twitter, at Rogue underscore Opinion. Also, go to YouTube.com forward slash world's fair to see what Rahul had been making fun of me about this entire podcast, uh, where I skip and skip and run around <laughs> and, uh, do a couple promos for this, re- do a couple of promos for this wrestling company I work for called pro wrestling magic here in the New Jersey, New York area. And if you're in the area, make sure to come check us out on September 21st as pro wrestling magic presents one vision. Got a lot of title matches coming up, a lot of, big things going on in the world of pro wrestling magic. Join us at the pro wrestling magic kingdom in Richfield park. I'm over on Twitter at Mr. Riot. That's M R R I zero T because counter-strike was a thing when I was a kid, yada, yada, yada. So many things going on. Please make sure to check us out. That's rogue underscore opinion. Thank you for joining us here on the rebellion review and join us again as we keep diving back into the retro uh, world with the next episode of SmackDown as we move toward no mercy in a couple of weeks thank you very much for joining us for rahul for scott please enjoy the smooth sounds of hello ladies goodbye ladies and gentlemen Bye. hello